Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The golden age of travel is back in the Palm Beaches. Relax on sun-kissed beaches with cleaner sands and fewer crowds. Experience the original, the one, the only, the Palm Beaches. Plan your trip at thepalmbeaches.com. foundation will be built for a kingdom that will come.
Welcome back to the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show. It is May 1st, 2022. And we kick things off tonight with a little Wardlaw at the beginning and Lucifer's Hammer. You know, I had the Archangel himself, Bill, on the show many, many years ago. And uh, we became really good friends. We kept in touch over the years. And when he told me he was sick, you know, I kind of hoped for the best. But he passed on a few years back and I'm going to miss him. He was a fun guy to talk to and a great musician on top of that. Alright, we got a great show for everybody tonight. Michael Romeo from Symphony X and Jackie and Jessica Parry of Dianthus. We already spoke to the girls. We'll have that on a little later on in the show. We'll keep the music flowing between now and then. Not much happening in the world of metal news, but we'll get to what is going on a little later. Uh, Let me see, what can we do here right now? I believe we played that last week. I haven't really gone through the playlist yet, so we're going to kind of wing it this week. How about I do some brand new Udo off his My Way uh, record? He does a lot of cover songs on here. I believe we'll have Udo on the show sometime in June or maybe the end of May. I'm figuring all that out right now. But how about we do his version of Billy Squire's The Stroke? Say you're in a bad baby, you can't send a no. 
some classic trauma there from the Scratch and Scream record. This was actually a, a vinyl rip that I did, you know, before these albums were available for digital or on CD and stuff. So that's off my original record from back in 1984, I believe. Uh, we Are Watching You. That song couldn't be more relevant today with our president coming up with this new Ministry of Truth to, <laughs> to monitor people and agencies for disinformation. What a world we live in today. Dear God in heaven. And before that, Alien Force, Fly Away. And we started off that set with Udo, with his version of Billy Squire's The Stroke. We will have Udo on the show probably next month uh, when he does press for this uh, new album. Uh, but tonight we got Michael Romeo and Jackie and Jessica Perry of Dianthus. We'll get to those interviews a little later on in the show. Uh, we got a pretty good May lined up for so, so far. I'm just uh, working on the guests for the last weekend of the month because that is Memorial Day weekend and a lot of guys want to hang out, drink, and party, so uh, we'll see what we're going to have on them, but there's no show next week, I'm away on vacation, it's a yearly trip down to Disney World, it's good to be back there and flying without a friggin' mask on, I can tell you that, and when we come back, we have Savage Existence and Overlord SR, the week after that, Matthias Steele, and a few other bands that are in progress, we'll let you know who they are when we get them confirmed for sure. 
I don't know if you guys follow like Ripper on Facebook, Ripper Owens. I mean, I've never seen anybody prostitute themselves out so much as him. Constantly advertising for like his vocal duties to perform on people's records and, and make a few dollars here and there. And there's, there's one band, Hell Hostage, that actually hired him for like almost every song on the record, which I don't get. But, you know, that's their business. People think by hiring Ripper, like, they're going to sell, like, a million albums or it's going to draw attention to that album. I mean, you know, great singer, don't get me wrong. Nothing, you know, I'm not saying anything about his vocals. The guy can sing. Uh, but really, let's be honest. I mean, I wasn't a big fan of those Judas Priest records he was on. And most of his solo stuff was kind of here or there. Some of the English stuff wasn't bad. I don't know what the appeal is of the guy outside of his stint in Judas Priest. Uh, you know, he does do the, the three tremors today. He's got that going on, but I don't know. It's, you know, you, you don't see Tony Iommi asking people if he could play in the record for money. You know what I'm saying? It just sounds a little weird to me. All right, let's get back to the music here. Let me bring up the playlist. How about we do a little hair apparent? I haven't played them in a long time on the show. Masters of Invasion.
go invader we kept that that set kind of uh, low key over there um right before that august down the motorway i love that ep i play it to death even till today it's always on the turntable all right how about we do some uh, michael romeo off his brand new record war of the worlds part two and then we'll go right into an interview with mike right after this song here's metamorphosis <laughs>
And then, you know, 2020, I was like, yeah, beginning of the year, I'll, yeah, I'll just finish it up. And then, you know, the COVID thing, so I had some spare time to at least, you know, <laughs> make sure it was all cool. But oh, what a mess the whole last two years has been, dude. It's brutal. Well, I'm hoping that, you know, we are finally done with it. I thought that last year and I thought that a few months ago. Uh, hopefully this is it so, you know, you guys can get back out there and play live with Symphony X and you can keep working on music. I hope yeah, it's better this year. Yeah, I think it will. I mean, we got this run coming up next month. And I think it will be cool here. As far as going to Europe and all that, dude, I, you know, I, I don't know. It's still, some places is okay, and then some is like, I'm not sure. And uh, it's just, yeah, what a mess, dude. Everything's just a mess. It's hard. I mean, is it even worth taking the risk booking Europe right now? I mean, I know you want to get out and play as much as you can, the way you can, to make up for two years. But that's a, you know, that's a big uh, financial risk. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a bunch of festivals, you know, happening this summer, and they're still kind of there, and we're supposed to play, so if everything, you know, if there's somewhere to play, yeah, we'll go play, <laughs> but it's it's just not up to us, I mean, yeah, you know, dude, it's like, you know, some new variant, and all of a sudden this and that, and then it's just like, oh, dude, how can you even plan your life, you know, it's just a freaking mess. It is hard. It's getting. Hopefully, it'll, like I said, it'll, it'll get better. And, you know, talking about the, the new record, I was going to ask you too if you had written this around the same time as the first one because it's, it's so cohesive. You know, a couple of years passed by and you try to write again for maybe something you did in the past. It might be hard to read. Wait, wait, wait. Are we like really doing an interview? Interview now? Yeah. I mean, are we just bullshitting? No, yeah, we can. Play. It's all the same. I'm going to edit it, cut it out, whatever. It don't matter. Okay. <laughs> no, like, yeah, yeah, because. Yeah, I'll try to be, like, pro, because I thought we were just bullshitting as dudes. <laughs> East Coast guys fucking around. <laughs> that's my that's my whole show, is being East Coast guys. It's, it's like two friends talking all the time, my interviews. Oh, Freddie, totally, bro, all about it. All right, all right, I'm good. All right. No, but I was saying, it's like, it's so cohesive, the two, and I wasn't sure if you did record or, you know, write a lot of this music around the time of the first album. I mean, you just said you did, and I guess that's why it flows so nicely. Yeah, because when I did start the part one... There wasn't even going to be a part one. I'm just like, okay, you know, the band, you know, kind of on hold for a minute back then. I'm like, all right, whatever. You know, I'll just keep busy. I'll do a solo record. And I just started writing and writing. And then a couple months go by and I'm like, wow, I got way too much stuff for one record. So I'm like, all right, I'll just do part one and part two. And I took half the stuff and, you know, did part one and the other half I kind of just, you know, put aside in a folder. I'm like, okay, at some point, you know, kind of come back and, and finish it up. And yeah, I mean, it was a couple songs shy of, of what it is now. There's a couple of things I had to kind of put together and tighten up. But I mean, like 90% of it was kind of done. So that's why, and that's why it made sense, part one and two. A lot of the themes are the same. Some of the stuff feels the same and, you know. Yeah, that's what I said. Listening to the records, even both of them, you feel like you're in a movie and you're following a storyline and, you know, and it tells a story. And I like that on this new record, there are a lot more instrumentals. It's getting to listen to you play. I mean, you can go all Ying Fei because you've got that talent, but yet you keep it kind of restrained. You know, you let the music do the talking, not playing a million notes a minute. Yeah, man. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, there's times for, you know, the guitar to go, you know, all out. But then, you know, still... You know, I'm worried about the song and the structure and, and the, the melody and the arrangement and the order of the songs and, you know, yeah, just more than just like Noodle Fest, you know, just trying to 
just trying to do something cool, kind of pull people into the music with, with a little bit of everything, you know, if it's real heavy stuff or maybe there's something that's a little lighter, more melodic, and then there's some of the cinematic stuff, so it kind of has that film score kind of feel with some guitar and some electronic stuff, and you know, just trying to mix it up. You did a great job on that. I mean, when these songs were written, were they recorded with, like, you know, Rick on vocals, or did you just have the music back then? Because now Dino is singing on this record. Um, most of the drums, a lot of the drums, a lot of the bass, a lot of the rhythm guitar stuff was there. Like, yeah, once with part one, once I kind of figured out what songs I was going to use, those are the ones I went back with Rick and did the vocals and put the solos and, you know, did all the orchestration and the production and all that. These other ones, it's like, yeah, some of the skeleton of the song was there. Like a lot of the drum stuff was there and bass and some of the rhythm guitars. I probably did the guitars over knowing me because I'm just stupid like that. But, uh, but yeah, then it was like kind of a fresh start again. It's like, okay, some of these things are almost done. Um, and then there was a couple, I was like kind of short on the material. I thought I had more. So I went back to my original folder of just writing parts and I was like, oh, this, you know, the song Destroyer was one of them. It's like, okay, man, this is, almost done I just I guess I never really bothered to finish it and let me pull this one out and try to bring it up to speed and you know and I was like you know maybe try something different you know seven string guitar on that one because I'm not a seven string guy I'm like oh that might be cool you know that might be something different so actually having to uh, you know work on a couple songs from scratch or kind of pulling pieces together it's like oh you know what else can I do that's different so yeah it all worked out man talking about playing the seven string guitar i mean when you pick it up for the first time is it like a learning experience or does it just kind of come naturally after playing a six string is it a little bit different than playing it yeah i mean for a minute you know you know you're playing i'm like you know because stuff isn't kind of where it's supposed to be i'm like you know you start up on a high note and you're coming down on a to a lower string and then i'm like oh my god what note is this what, what string am I on now? It, it, it took me a minute to, to wrap my head around it, but yeah, man, I mean, it's, it's basically the same. Yeah. You know, a lot of guys that do solo projects or do side projects that come from, like, you know, these iconic bands, they either go two ways. They're either going in a completely opposite direction than anything they've done with their main primary band, or they're kind of doing the same exact thing, which makes no sense to me. You kind of walk the fine line in between. It shows the music that you love and what you like playing. Yeah. Yeah, totally, dude. I mean, I mean, there's always going to be similarities, you know, with Symphony X. I mean, I do most of the writing, but um, the solo record, like, yeah, man, you could do, you could do some different things, you know, more of maybe electronic stuff, or even more with this uh, cinematic kind of thing. So, yeah, man, I try to keep it different, like the seven string. You know, I'll never use a seven string with the band. I mean, I'm. I've been playing six strings forever, so it's just my thing. But yeah, man, maybe just to try something different. It's like, oh, well, that's a little different than the band, so that's cool. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, considering that this is not a band project to a sense, it's, it's really you. How open are you to the other members? I mean, I know you have John and John back again on bass and drums. Are you kind of open to their influence on the music or the songs, or do you kind of go in with, here's what I have, this is what I want, this is what I need? Or do you kind of let them breathe life into, like, you know, what they think the song should be also? Yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta, um, yeah, 
I'll if, say, you know, say for instance, I'll, I'll write a song, whatever, you know, say divide and conquer or, or just, you know, destroy or one of these songs and I'm putting it together and it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll have a drum machine to put down my idea, you know, just so I have something to play along to the guitar just to get the pre-production and yeah, I'm just some keyboards and maybe I'm humming a basic melody, basic idea, you know, but then my thing is always like, okay, guys, here's kind of my basic idea, but now make it your own, you know, make it better, you know, put your, uh, put your secret sauce on everything, you know, you know, maybe with Dino, it's like, well, on this melody, my idea, I kind of went up on this note, and he's like, oh, dude, man, I'm really feeling like I should go down, I'm like, go down, yeah, I mean, do, do what feels right to you to make, you know, to make it your own and make, make the song better. So yeah, that's, that for me, that always works. Plus, I mean, you know, all these guys are friends of mine, you know, Macaluso and JD, and it's just like, you know, they're all great players, so it's like, yeah, man, you know, here's my basic thing, you know, do your thing now to it, you know, make it, make it cool. It always helps when you're playing with guys that you know, people you respect, people that you know are good musicians, because you know what you're going to get from them. And I think that's the key, you know, the key thing to playing with anybody. Uh, but the, we, the, there's a come a time during a song or during a recording where you have to tell them, no, 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 I don't like that. This is all good. And you're worried about hurting feelings because you walk friends <laughs> besides the musicians playing together on a record. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's why it's cool to have guys that, you know, you're friends with and that, you know, obviously are good players, but kind of know what the thing is. You know, um, you know like, you know, the JD and, and Mac, you know, they kind of know my gig. It's like, okay, yeah, I know, I know what Romeo's song is going to sound like, kind of, you know, and I know what the right thing to do is, you know. He's not going to, like, play a country beat. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we all kind of know, so it's like, I trust, you know, I trust these guys. You know, just like the band, just like Symphony X, same thing. It's like, yeah, maybe I have an idea, but when we're together, okay, man, everybody, now let's put it all together and, and make it better. So... Yeah, it's just a thing, man. It's just uh, being around the same guys and, and trusting in everybody and, um, you know, being open to that kind of thing. Sure. You, know, you talk about Symphony X. I mean, if you go back to the beginning when the band was formed and it started going, was everybody like a high-quality musician back then or were people still kind of coming into their own at that point in the band? Because when you look at the band now, it's like it's like all top-notch, every guy in the band. Yeah, I mean, we were all good back then. <laughs> you know, but I think... You know, like, dude, like anybody, the more you do it, the better you get. I mean, as far as technique and playing, yeah, man, I think we're all kind of the same. Russ was always a great singer, man. You know, he still is. I mean, amazing. But I think over the time of uh, putting songs together and then arranging songs and, you know, now knowing maybe what not to do and what to do and, uh, you know, kind of just refining that craft of it, the, the song and... Um, you know, the production, these kind of things. Because, uh, yeah, I think we all play the same, pretty much. But looking back then, it's like, yeah, you know, maybe we didn't know what the hell we were doing all the time with uh, an arrangement or something like that. You know, we're now, I think we're a little, all a little more tuned in, you know. Especially, like, with the solo record, same thing. Just kind of being tuned in to, like, the flow of the song. Um, keep it moving, keep the melody good, and... And yeah, the guitar solo, yeah, sure, of course, it's got to be something cool. But it's about the whole picture now. You know? And I think most guys, yeah, the older, you know, the older we get, the more we do it, it's like we start to key in more on that kind of stuff. 
I keep telling my wife that. I keep telling her, hold on, I'm getting there. You know, uh, she's got a really long run. There's a ball of the band when Mike LaPont comes to rehearsals with Birkenstocks on. Wait, say that again? <laughs> I said, there's a ball of the band when Mike LaPont comes to rehearsals wearing Birkenstocks. Oh, uh, he doesn't come to practice with I, that. I love Mike. He's been on the show a dozen times. I, I love that. I love talking to him. He is freaking classic, man. He is, that's freaking classic LaPont right there. Yep. Uh, he's awesome. Yeah, he's freaking awesome dude. Just chill. Yeah, the... Uh, he and he's into that whole, you know, that whole freaking thing with the medieval stuff. And, you know, that's cool. He's got to be. He's in 14,000 bands. Just what? Mike's in 14,000 bands. He has to be a cool guy. Yeah. No, he is, man. He is an easygoing dude, man. I got to say. And, and he's great. Yeah. You know, Mike, assuming that, like, a lot of this music was written, like, a, like, a couple of years ago, and you refreshed it and worked on it, are there plans for another one now? Are we going to get a part three or something completely different? I know you got to focus on Symphony X's next record and get out on the road, but is there more coming? Because it was like a 20-year wait from the first record uh, to the first yeah. record of the world. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, I wasn't really worried about doing a solo record all those years because, you know, the band, you know, we were writing, and all the records take time. I mean, you know, it does take time. I, you know, man, maybe it takes a little too much time sometimes, but still. Uh, like at the end, we all want it to be really good, and we really want to put everything into it. So yeah, does it take a minute? Yeah, it takes a minute. You know, will it be good at the end? Well, I hope. You know, I hope it will because we try. But with the you know the part one and two, it's like all those years with the band and touring and writing. Um, I really didn't have a lot of time to do a solo record, and uh, it wasn't until later. You know, like like I said, the band kind of on hiatus. Russ had the accident and. We were kind of on hold. We didn't know what was happening. And I was like, okay, you know, I'll just spend some time and try to do something. And yeah, try to do something a little bit different. Um, part three, I don't know. You know, maybe, you know, maybe down the road, something totally different, a whole nother thing. But but now it's like, yeah, the band, you know, we're starting rehearsal in like a little over a week. You know, we got to get our shit together and just want to go play. You know, just want to get back to getting on tour and, We've been talking about what we're going to do for a new record, and so things. I feel like things like the machine starting starting up again. You know, like back to normal. Let's get everything back to normal. Yeah, no, that's great to know. I mean, a lot of people buy the records, they hear them, that's what they know, but they don't realize for a band, for a musician, it's all on the road. You want to be out there playing live because that's where you know you shine. That's where everything comes together. That's where you know your vision for the record becomes like this big show and experience. And I think a lot of people forget the last two years and weren't able to see you know, all these bands live. That the musicians are hurting more than the fans are. Yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah, no doubt, dude. I mean, it was you know, every musician I talked to, you know, they had a tough time those two years because the touring is where you know pretty much how you get by with with dough, you know. So you take that away, it's like, oh man, now what the fuck, you know. You know, like it was when music kind of went, you know, to shit in the late 80s, early 90s, when grunge kind of took over, a lot of bands just fall by the wayside one after the other. Bands that you don't were on the verge of, you know, getting ready to break and make it. Bands that were like, you know, just in the middle of the road, they all kind of faded away. And I think a lot of that started happening over the last year. A lot of bands that were like, just making it, you know, like playing and, and keep going. They couldn't do it no more. They just kind of packed it in. And what, what was the difficulties of keeping a band, you know, a Symphony Lexus ever together during that time? Wait, wait, say again. What did you say at 
the end there? I was saying, like, you know, for Symphony X, what was it like trying to keep the band together for the last two years? I don't mean, like, breaking up because you're mad, but just sustaining, you know, the band financially for two years until you get out of Yeah, man, I mean, I do know quite a, you know, quite a few guys who packed it in. You know, band guys, crew guys, they just, you know, they couldn't do it anymore. It's like, man, you know, this is, like, totally unstable to start with. Now you throw this friggin' COVID thing on top of it, and it's just like, uh, you know, guys I know, you know, they got houses, they got kids and families. It's like, yo, I gotta go find something to do. So for us, for the band, yeah, I mean, it was tough. I mean, luckily, you know, um, we can all find something to kind of get by in the meantime. You know, like for me, it was like, yeah, doing the solo kind of helped solo record kind of helped out and you know just been doing other kind of things playing on this you know helping out people and you know same with Russ and same with LaPond and um, you know whatever you have to do just to get by because at the end of the day you know this is what we do I mean you know um, you know this is what we do the band is what we do so it's like okay yeah it was a rough two years and everybody kind of doing whatever they kind of had to do to make ends meet. And now it's looking like, okay, I think at least we could play here. Going to Europe, uh, still kind of a question mark, but I think it'll be okay. Yeah, hopefully it will. I mean, you know, it, it's been rough like we said, but I'm hoping you guys get out there. I'm looking forward to seeing you when you're in our area playing, which I'm hoping is coming up on this tour. Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah, and I think it'll be good, man. I think it will just, I know, again, for the band... You know, two years is a long time, and uh, I, I'm just, I can just tell, like, everybody a little anxious, you know, it's like, oh man, I hope it's good, I hope there's no problems, I hope no one gets sick, I mean, there's a lot of this other shit you have to think about, too, but it's like, you know what, man, let's just go out there and rock, dude, and have fun, you know, see the people having a good time, and get back to work, so I, I think it'll be all right. I'm for that. You know, Mike, if there's ever a chance down the road where there's some downtime, would you ever think about putting this group together, this lineup together for a live show, maybe a one-off here or there, doing the entire album start to finish, or maybe that would be a long night, but both albums? Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of people ask that. Like, that was never my intention from the beginning, because, you know, like I said, starting the solo record, it's like, yeah, the band had some downtime, and... uh I didn't even think about any kind of a live thing. So when it came to recording and the production, it was like, yeah, dude, just pile it on. 20 guitar tracks? Sure, fuck it. 30, let's go. You know? Um, and then it's like, okay, well, there's 30 guitar tracks and there's like the orchestra playing and there's 20 synth tracks and there's all this electronic, you know. Could it be done? Yeah, I mean, it could be possibly in the future. I mean, I'm open to it, you know, I'm open to it. But I think now, like, like we were just talking about the band um, and all this downtime. I mean, yeah, that's the priority, and you know, we we just got to get back to it full full on, you know. Yeah, I, there's definitely a lot of layers on the record, and even Symphonix are a lot of layers on the songs and in the music. And obviously, live you can't recreate all of that. You have to use some yeah. sort of backing tracks to help get some of that music out there. But it seems like there's a backlash now against this. Uh, but I think it's more for like the, the singers that are singing and using the backing tracks and it is actually like music that just accompanies, you know, the song itself that you can't recreate live that you can do in a studio. Yeah, we never did that. I mean, there might be little moments where like, yeah, a little something takes over or Pinella will kind of take over something and, but never like the thing playing in the background. 
I mean, I think for us that's just hard because, like, there's so much looseness. You know, Russ just might stop and start telling jokes, and then we just kind of roll with it. I mean, there's no uh, to be on an exact thing, or some nights, you know, you're really feeling the energy, and the song's a little faster than normal, but it feels okay. You know, so trying to do it to a play-along thing, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Um, but I understand, you know, some guys, yeah, I mean, if you have so much music and it's so dense of a mix, it's like you can never do that live. So I understand. Yeah. I was watching that band Santa Cruz who was using the backing tracks on some freak the other day, and they, they completely lost spot of where they were and it was playing without them singing, and people were just ripping into them. And I think that's a little different than adding, you know, pre-recorded keyboards or something that you can't do on stage when you're performing live. I think it's two yeah. different things. Yeah, no, that's the thing, man. I mean, one mistake, man, that shit goes off the friggin' rails, dude. It's all over. It's, like, not not cool. Yeah, it's like that Milli Vanilli moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, well, talk about the new Symphony X. I mean, I think this is the longest that it's been between records, about six, seven years. And I know, you know, two years were lost for a lot of people, but this was a long time between albums. Yeah, yeah, and normally... <sighs> I mean, normally we would have had a record by now. And I think there was just so many circumstances, you know, Russ, you know, with the accident. And we didn't even really know what was going to happen. You know, we really didn't know. He was like, dude, I don't know. And, you know, something like that, you know, you start putting things into perspective and you're thinking about your family and, and you know, and and I know, yeah, he was on the fence, I think. You know, he, he was like, dude, I just don't know anymore. So we had that downtime there. And then, you know, of course I knew Russ. You know, he calls me and he's like, yo, dude, this is what I do. I sing, let's go. Yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. And then 2019, we start picking up the touring again. All right, cool, man, let's get rocking. And COVID and credits. <laughs> you know, it was like, well, dude, what next? You know, so yeah, there was just a lot of unfortunate things that, that went down that just slowed the whole process. But, but again, you know, we got the tour coming up. We've been talking about a new record. Things are looking much better to get to play and be kind of normal again. So I think we'll be fine. I think so. Well, yeah, you talk about Russ, like, because you know him, and he was just talking in the moment after he, when he involved the accident with the, with the adrenaline, that he had the accident with them. But do you know, like, for sure that that's going to happen? Or you say to myself, man, this might be over. And I just, you know, put 20-something years of my life into this, 30 years of my life into this. Does that ever come across your mind? I, just, I know he's just talking right now because, you know, he went through something. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how, how I would react, you know, like any of those guys, you know, in the band and crew involved in that thing. I mean, man, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I would probably be the same. I'm like, oh, man. Um, I think it would just make you kind of reevaluate everything. It's like, oh, man, at any moment something could happen and, you know, you're thinking of your kids and your family and, and all this kind of stuff, but uh, yeah, and I totally get, you know, I totally understood Russ's thing, you know, he's like but I think more, and he knew too, he just needed some time to sort stuff out, you know, I think like anybody in that situation, it's like, okay you know, this freaking tragic thing happened, it's like, oh man it's freaking terrible, let me just sit with myself and collect my thoughts and um, so so that's what he did, you know, and and, uh, and everything's cool. You know? Yeah, I'm glad for that. I'm glad that you guys are going to be getting back out on the road. 
Mike, I'm not going to keep it. I know you've been doing these things all day long, and you got probably more to go. But I can't yeah. see you on the road with Symphony X, man. As soon as you get to the New York, New Jersey area, you know, I'll be right up front. All right, dude. I'll be looking for you again, like, next month, man. Yeah. I'm looking forward. It's a great way to kick off the summer. Freaking beautiful, bro. <laughs> all right, Mike. You take care. Best of luck with the band. Hope everything works out. Hey, Mike. Out. Thanks, man. Take care, my friend. I'll see you soon, dude. Bye-bye. Bye.
Symphony X, Kiss of Fire. I want to thank Mike for taking the time out of his day to talk to us. we got the interview with Dianthus coming up in about 15, 20 minutes or so. Like I said, there's no show next week. I'm on vacation, but when we come back the week after that, we got Overlord SR on the show and Savage Existence. So don't forget to tune in. Uh, last week, you know, Lamb of God has been out on the road playing the on tour. Uh, but, you know, Randy Blythe, I guess, came down with COVID, so he had to miss a whole bunch of shows. Then the bass player, some of them, he was out. So, I mean, you have all these bands out there. I know, you know, they want to get out on the road. They want to play. That's how they make their money. And unfortunately, when somebody gets sick, they're going to have to isolate until they get better. Uh, but, you know, as a fan, if I'm paying to see, you know, a band up on stage performing live, I'm going to pay Lamb of God. And, you know, I want to see Randy singing for the band, you know. And that, they had a whole bunch of different people filling in for him. Then the bass player was gone. You kind of feel like you're getting gypped out of your money when something like that happens. I know it's, you know, unavoidable today. And I guess maybe as a fan, if you go into a show, you kind of have to expect that somebody might get sick in that group and, you know, with the COVID and not be able to play. Uh, but, you know, being a purist, like, you know, I know I would want to cancel the show until I get my full band out there. I just know that's not logistically possible or financially possible, but it is a big disappointment to the fans when something like that happens. All right. Let's see. What can we do here now? How about a little at war? Eat metal. <laughs>
feel the bullet enter your throat Drop to the ground on your blood start to choke Right. 
right, Vatican with Fifth of Metal. I kind of screwed up that set over there. I mean, right before that, we had Desolation Angels with Evil Possessor. Then I did At War, Mortally Wounded, and Eon Britain Eat Metal. I wanted to play Eat by At War, but I had Eat Metal uploaded, so I got a little quick confused over there. So I figured we changed it up a little bit and play Mortally Wounded. All right, let's talk to Jackie and Jesse Parry from Dianthus. We did this interview last week. Uh, it's only about 10 minutes long. Two very nice girls, but not a lot to talk about with them, you know? <laughs> they weren't very talkative, and most of the answers were ones that are kind of like, you know, given to them by PR people to answer questions with, you know? They didn't like really freewheel it, and there's not a lot of experience there with these girls on the scene, so there wasn't a lot to talk about, like I said, but we just kind of hit on a little bit of the album and what was going on with them. Not much more than that. So let's play it. Play a song off the new record, Realms. And then we'll wrap it up with a couple of more tunes. Here you go. Hi, is this Mike? Yes, yeah, this is Mike. How are you? Hi, we're good. This is Jessica and Jackie. How, how are you guys today? We're doing awesome. Oh, great. Hey, what's I have to tell you? You did an amazing job on your second record, Realms. It absolutely kills. Thank you. Thank you so much. That means a lot. I'm glad you're enjoying that record. Yes. Oh, I am. You know, like, the, the second record for any band is a tough one, because the first one, people are kind of being introduced to the group and who you are musically and what's going on. The second one is where you really have to keep those fans and earn new ones. Do you feel like there's more pressure on you when you have to work to record the second record? Yeah, yeah, we definitely feel that extra pressure. Yeah, because you're continuing to grow your brand and your music, and your whole sound is kind of coming together at that point. So yeah, there's a little pressure, but it's actually a fun challenge. We like to convert that pressure into a fun challenge to take on. So, yeah, and plus we had the the pandemic this past um these past two years, yeah. so that really gave us a lot of time to just get our ideas together. So mm-hmm. yeah. When it comes to the writing process, do you say, well, you know what, the first record worked, so let's kind of like recreate what we did there. But as an artist and a musician, you always want to expand and and you know carry on to another level. So how do you work that out? Do you like try to keep it sim- similar to the first record, or do you just go wherever the music takes you? Yeah, um, we we pretty much yeah we like to evolve, of course. Um, yeah, we go where the music takes us, and um, you know, for the second record, realms, um, we kind of felt it taking us into like, of course, a more um, more of a concept world, and the music kind of followed that too. So we kind of had the vision, and then yeah, the music followed. So. True. I mean, most people say, yeah, you know, there's the two of you, and that consists basically of the whole band, where, you know, you don't have a bass player or, you know, a guitar player or, or a separate singer. Do you think that just doing it this way is the best way because you don't really have to deal with, you know, other band members and what they want to do is say? You kind of have control over everything between the two of you? Right. Yeah, definitely, yeah. <laughs> Call us control freaks. Just kidding. <laughs> but, yeah, we definitely have the vision for it. For Dianthus, just the two of us, we, um, we're basically the, the nucleus of Dianthus, and it's always been a collaboration between the two of us twins, and we finish each other's sentences musically, <laughs> and it's kind of hard for um, anybody um, from the outside to come in, because our ideas can be a little bit um, deep and technical, so it just always works that way. Yeah, the, it's mainly the two of us, and um, it's just the two of us, really, yeah. for the writing process, but when we do play live, we do have a couple other session players to fill in that second guitar and bass. But yeah, it's mainly the two of us um, doing everything together. <laughs> Yeah, true. Well, you know, I, I wouldn't say control freak because I agree with you. I think when there are too many hands in the pot, 
that's when things kind of get messed up. You know, you have this one saying, I don't like that, let's change this, let's do this. Where you two know your vision, what you want to do, and that's, I think, what gives you the complete product that you put out. Yes, yeah, we appreciate your understanding of that side of things, too. Yeah, the vision has to be consecutive, so, yeah. Well, being that your sisters and you're also bandmates, do you ever worry about the disagreements in the band that carries over to the personal part? writing we always have um, different ideas and stuff that we want to share that's different from one another uh-huh. so we always work through for the greater good of the band because that's ultimately what matters in the end because we can have lots of ideas passed around but whatever sounds the best and whatever works for the vision and the sound mm-hmm. that's what ultimately um, um passes through yeah it's like ping pong we just bounce ideas off of each other and sometimes yeah. like sometimes one of us doesn't agree with an idea but Ultimately, like, we started out pretty quick, so. Yeah. You know, the first record came out, I think, in the summer of the, when the pandemic started in, in 2020, and that's like a drawback for a lot of bands that put records out, especially if it's your debut record, because you really weren't able to get out there and promote it. You really wasn't much you could do of anything at that point in time. Now we're coming out of it as your second record is being released. So you think now you can capitalize on this and, you know, really give people what they want from the first two albums? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 I think so, because, yeah, there's, definitely been a lot of hype and energy that's been built up from um, the initial release of um, that remaster album. So, um, yeah, we think we can definitely use that for, um, yeah, the greater good and just kind of draw people in because we have that catalog out for for some time. Yeah. I don't want to date myself, but, you know, when I was a kid, fans would staple flies on telephone poles to get people to come to the show. You girls grew up in the age of the Internet and social media. Yeah. Does that you feel that that works more in the advantage of a band today, or is it like just so overwhelming and so crowded the market that it's actually more difficult? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. Yeah, I feel like it's a little bit of both. It's kind of half and half because it's really great because you can actually reach people across the country and in these faraway places if they're just following you on social media. Yeah, you can collaborate as well. But I feel like there's um, nothing that compares to you know an actual poster that you can see and. You know, you can see that the band took time to um, advertise in that way. So um, I feel like that's always very rock and roll. You can see those flyers and posters next to yeah. yeah, Yeah, it's more about the visual now, which is another thing, too. Grabbing people's attention and, like, 30-second videos. Like, it's more about being a jack-of-all-trades at this point. Yeah. True. Are there study session plays that play with you guys live when you kind of rotate it and mix it up based on where you are and what's going on? For the most part, we have steady session players with us. Um, yeah, we have a guitarist live and a, a bass player live. So um, that, we've had that same lineup for over a year now. I think it's been yeah. consistent, a couple of years. Yeah, that's great. You know, getting back to your instruments, I mean, were you both naturally drawn to the ones that you're playing now, or did you start out with something else and then just find this is the most comfortable for you? Did the two of you always play together in bands, or did you have separate projects at one time? Um, yeah, yeah, we always, um, you know, it's always been the two of us, but when we were um, kind of learning the rock instruments, drums and guitar, we were actually going to, like, a, a rock 
music academy, like with other kids their age, and we'd be rotated in different bands, and we kind of got the feel of working with other people. But um, we always like to be together in our same band because we worked better that way. So. You know, musically, I mean, you know, you kind of cover the spectrum of rock and metal. I mean, I can hear some 70s influence in there, progressive, some hard rock, some metal, going through the 80s and 90s up until now. I mean, were all these sounds influences of yours growing up, or is it just something that you put together? Yeah, yeah. Um, so the two of us, yeah, we have separate influences, so it's not all the same bands we listen to. Um, with Jackie, for example, on guitar, um, she's heavily influenced by, um, you know, Steve Vai, uh, but with He's a fan of yours. Is much more than anthems. It, it, it's a lot of deep cuts on there. A lot of a lot of stuff going on musically. Oh yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's definitely more of the progressive stuff. So it's not the stuff you normally hear on the radio because we like to pack in a lot of um, technical elements. So is radio play important? I mean, you know, a lot of the podcasts and the shows will always play your music, but getting on to like you know like over the air radio stations is that like really a priority for you guys? Um, at the moment, um. Well, yeah, it's always great to have your music played, but um, just the way our sound is, um, it's not too much of a priority because we do know, um, you know, radio play, it's easy songs to catch on to most of the time. But we just want to stay true to our music, and um, if it, you know, comes to a certain point where it is, like, simple and easy to catch on to, then, yeah, so it, it just depends. Yeah. Uh, I hear about a comic book. What's going on with that? Yes, um, yeah, we're very excited to be collaborating with um, a school out of New Jersey to put this comic book together, and um, it'll be like a good supplement to this record, and um, it tells the storyline that we tell in our album, Realms. So, um, it, yeah, we're very excited. It's almost done. Um, we're just working with a captionist to put those captions together, but, yeah, we're very, very excited. It'll be a first for us, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. You know, a lot of people on the outside will look in and say, you know, a lot of things happen really fast for the two of you, and you move it along quickly, but a lot of them don't see all the work that goes on behind the scenes, which is an awful lot, whether you're doing it yeah. or you have help doing it. They just think it's like an overnight thing, and it's really not. I mean, how hard <laughs> did you guys have to work to get to the point that you're at right now? Yeah, yeah. It's a constant grind, just, yeah, being in the bands, and, you know, even being in the metal band, um, being females, too, it's like, there's always a grind that you have to do every day, you have to just continuously, like, um, chip away at certain things, like, whether that be getting back to emails or um, recording demos or photo shoots. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into maintaining and growing a band, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, now that things are starting to pick up, I know California was really locked down pretty good compared to the rest of us. I mean, I, I know you have some shows coming up, but do you have more lined up for this year to help promote this record? Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, 
yeah, we have some shows um, coming up, and we do have um, more dates in the summertime. But uh, we did just get um, a last-minute show for this Friday. So it's going to be a um, – it is a private event, but we're going to be playing the same day as Bad Religion. So I'm uh, very excited about that. Yeah, possibly that. <laughs> and you're also on the bill with Angel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are for the, the June dates. So, yeah, we're excited to be with them. They're pretty legendary um, – yeah, it's in the 70s, so I'm uh, very excited about that, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how you guys can play with all these different bands from different genres and, and fit in, at least on paper. When you're actually up there on stage <laughs> playing before an audience that's not basically, you know, yours, is it more difficult? <laughs> yeah, um, well, it's actually pretty exciting for us because, yeah, we know our music is um, totally different from most of the artists that we do play with, but uh, we like to see that shock factor <laughs> when people don't expect, you know, prog metal to come out of us. <laughs> um, so, it's, yeah, it's very exciting and pretty cool for us. So. Oh, that's great. Because I'm not going to keep you. I know you got a lot of interviews to do today. I appreciate you talking with me. You know, the best of luck with the band. And I hope you yeah. can bring the band and the show over to New York City. It would be great to see you live. Oh, yes. Yeah, New York City. Yeah. We're running for you. Love Good. to be there. I'll be right there. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Okay.
All right, I want to thank Jessica and Jackie. I want to thank Mike for being on tonight's show. We're going to wrap it up here with two more songs back-to-back, and I will see you guys in two weeks. War for next Sunday. You can check out some of the old replays. We'll be back on the 15th with Overlord I Saw. I think we got the whole band on the show. I know Steve and George are definitely going to be on here. I think the rest of the band is going to be calling in live with them uh, next week. And we have Savage Existence, so don't forget to tune in. All right, and how about we close it out with a little Oblivion from Florida and some Black Task. I'll see you guys in two weeks. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. Bye-bye.
The golden age of travel is back in the Palm Beaches. Relax on sun-kissed beaches with cleaner sands and fewer crowds. Experience the original, the one, the only, the Palm Beaches. Plan your trip at thepalmbeaches.com. It is Mother's Day, and we are about to witness the big Mother's Day moment. We absolutely are, and I, for one, am both nervous and excited. Here we go. It's a beautiful royal blue designer bag that she got at Marshall's for an incredible price. Oh, Priya's done very well. I mean, look at that woven detailing and the Italian leather. Forget about that. Look at Mom's face. We have tears, ladies and gentlemen. Is that good? Oh, that's good. Mom loves it. And I love that Italian leather. Fabulous brands. Feel good prices. Every, Every day, day at, at Marshall's. Marshall's. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.